Hey guys, I just wanted to welcome you all to Afterthoughts with Jonathan. I found that as I was doing the podcast and we were really getting into some of these films that there was just a few pieces that we would often overlook in favor of a shorter time frame that we were wanting to create the podcast for. And so this segment really is about going over some details that I thought were important for the films as well as some more analysis that I think we may have missed the first time around. Usually what I would feel is that I would have several afterthoughts um, when the recording was completed and it was usually around certain ideas that I felt were important to the plot, to the narrative, and to how you felt about the film itself. And so this first episode is going to focus in on Jennifer's body as well as the craft, which is our most recent episode that's just been released. Uh, We did have a special guest on there, so we did have four people on that recording. And so it was a little bit more difficult to have everyone have a say and to give everyone the time and to keep it under that hour and a half time mark that we usually try to get We do want to keep these kind of shorter, and uh, I would like to definitely continue to do this afterthoughts for any of the other recordings that I'm going to be doing, but I'll get right into it. And so one of the things that kind of puzzled me about the craft and about Jennifer's body was that they seemed to have all of the pieces that were necessary to make a a good movie, a good film. And I couldn't understand why exactly these films ended up being basically flops. Uh, They didn't do well critically, Um, even though The Craft and Jennifer's Body did make back some of their money and in some cases went over the amount that they paid for it, they still were considered to be not so interesting and they were criticized really heavily after they had come out. They did, after the fact, get a cult status, which is why they're so popular now and why we decided to do them because we had seen them prior to the podcast and we wanted to bring in some of these uh, films to discuss but one thing that stood out to me was the criticism that was coming towards these films which is usually related with either the special effects or what some of the critics would label as a sort of lack of narrative that they were writing into the story. Um, They felt that they were too campy and in some cases that um, was drawing away attention from what they felt the real plot was which was this idea of solidarity amongst the women in the film itself. Now, one of the main things that I did notice was that the film was well done, but it was criticized heavily for what I think is the wrong reasons. Um, I felt that the film was definitely, or I felt that The Craft and Jennifer's Body were both feminist films and that it may have been a case of the films being written during a time period where people just weren't ready for something like that. And so with Jennifer's body and with the craft, I think what happened was they sort of created this binary, which we mentioned in the podcast, where a woman is expected to act a certain way within the society that they live in. And so the only way they could show that within these narratives or to make it palatable for people who are watching was to create this binary of the good versus evil. But in this case, I have to criticize it because what they did was created this binary of the good virgin-like woman who was not having sex and was trying to maintain her status within the society and amongst her peers. And so that was pitted against a person who they felt was supposed to be the evil version, but something that I feel is not evil at all. And so this evil character, which in Jennifer's body is portrayed by Jennifer, Now, I do realize that in the horror film that she is in, she is basically a succubus, a demon um, who's been possessed, but I'll get to that in just a second. Um, 
she is seen as a sort of promiscuous character. She has a lot of sex. She's shown to have a lot of sex. But I think really what people or what men were threatened by when they were watching this film was the idea that a woman was coming out and actually eating men. And so in a way, they did a role reversal and they were able to create this film where the leads in the film were literally eating men and they were eating the patriarchy in this case. And so that in itself was a very good piece of analysis and something that they added in subtly to the script. But what I would criticize them for, or what I would criticize the writer of this film and the director, uh, Karin Kusama, is that she created this dichotomy that's uh, created in the film that sort of gives the impression that it's not okay to be a sexual person, not to be sexually open and not to be comfortable with your own sexuality as a woman. And so the reason why this sort of stood out to me was because there seems to still be this idea that women are not able to have more control of their sexual freedom and to not be able to make the important choices in their lives and have to in some way be second best to men or they have to be very kept and um, making choices that keeps them virgin-like quote-unquote and so they ended up making the stories favor the women who were in these virgin-like states who were following all the rules they didn't really break any rules they fell in with the bad group or something in the craft it was especially prevalent because she falls in with the group who she likes initially because she's accepted and because of that solidarity but it's quickly broken by the fact that Nancy and the rest of the witches who do eventually gain power want to start doing more evil things and in this case they were sort of putting the idea that their freedom their freedom to do whatever they like to be um, open about their beauty and to be sexual beings was in this case something that was evil and something that they paid for at the end of the film and so this is actually something that's common with older film where um, say in the 1930s when they created the rules for all of the films there were certain things that just couldn't be shown on film especially with women and in most cases it included whether or not they were going to be open about their sexual partners um, they possibly couldn't even show certain parts of their body because of the costuming that was expected and so in this case it's a negative callback to something that should have been gone from film in the years that these films were made even though the craft was made in the late 90s it was still a time period where you could plug in films that were important to the sort of zeitgeist that we were um, experiencing as a collective when it came to what is the feminist movement what is the experience that most women are going through and so I felt that the both of these films were something that you can definitely tap into as far as what is it like to be in a high school what is it like to be a part of a clique and to want to be accepted really terribly and so you fall in with the group of people or you fall in with the best friend as the case was with Jennifer and with Needy who are completely different people in that film but they're drawn together because their friendship is older and so that was also something that I wanted to point out as well is this sort of um, idea that you sort of have to remain friends with somebody if you've been friends with them for a long while. And so in the film, Needy does in fact confront Jennifer towards the end there, but it still pushes that narrative of wanting to put the good versus evil. And in this case, the very um, unsuspecting 
virgin-like character is the winner and is the one who sort of benefits at the end of both of the films. And I felt like that took away a lot of um, validity to what was going on with women during their high school years when they're growing up and when they're trying to fit in with the rest of the women who are honestly most most of the time pitted against each other. And so this isn't something that is just happening on a societal level in high school, but it's also happening once uh, women get into the business. And so once they are in the film industry and once they are on TV and movies and talk shows, anything that can be popular media, um, women are not seen as a collective, but as an individual who are against the rest of the women who are in the same field as them. And so I didn't feel it was a good move to make a film that was like that. But on the contrary to the other side and to not criticize the film so much, I do think that some of the criticism for the films is unwarranted. So certain parts of the films were criticized, say the special effects in the craft were criticized really heavily and they felt that the second half of the movie didn't have quite as much um, narrative power as the first part of the movie did because it does start very strong and then kind of delves into something that's a little more campy because of all the powers that they start getting throughout the film. And so what I do have to commend them for is bringing all of these things together to create something that did get that cult status. It's not to say that the cult status is sort of um, not as popular as some other things or that it isn't, doesn't mean as much as certain titles as, say, getting an award from one of the Oscars or the Academy Awards or something like that. I do think that a cult status for a film is something that they should consider important and that other people should consider important when they're analyzing film and when they're watching it because it became popular for a certain group of people for a specific reason. And so in this case, I think these became popular because they subverted a lot of what you were seeing in regular film, which was that the women were always the secondary characters and that they never had a proper, fully fleshed out narrative play out. Whereas in both of these films, you have two groups of women who actually have their full story played out. You get to know who they are, understand who they are, and then see their relationship kind of come together and break apart. And so it becomes more of a realistic thing, more of a look into what it might be like to be somebody in this situation. And so I think these are all important things to remember for the films. And to always consider whenever you're thinking about the film itself and when you're watching it, because there's so much more going on when people are writing their scripts and when people are creating the movie. In the case of The Craft, they had kind of this perfect formula where they had a very good actress or actor, um, Feruza Balk, who ended up being pretty much the forefront of that um, because of her performance. And so it was sort of a shame to me in my mind that she was placed as sort of a evil character and not the person who was supposed to be kind of the winner at the end. An interesting fact about Feruza Balk outside of the film is that she is an actual Wiccan in real life and so she studies Wicca and is actually really interested in all of those things and so when she was on set she tried to work with the consultant who was with um, the director on using as much knowledge as they could while also respecting all of the rituals and the incantations that they were using throughout the film and so really what I wanted to remind everybody about is that there's a lot of work that goes into these films and sometimes it takes just a little bit more analysis and looking underneath those first few layers so you can really understand what's going on. And so 
that's pretty much all I have for these two films. Um, it was just a thought that was kind of uh, eating at me after the podcast had ended, and I wanted to uh, bring it to you guys and talk to you directly and kind of give you just a, a little bit of an idea of what I was thinking about. But thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys have a good night.